You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. This is the Green Industry Podcast with Paul Jamison. Join Paul as he chats with today's green industry experts and leaders about how to build a successful business and live a purposeful life. Here's your host, Paul Jamison. Well, a warm welcome from the beautiful state of Georgia. I am pumped for the interview today. Today, we're going to be talking to the Pond Digger from Los Angeles. The Pond Digger owns a nationally recognized pond construction company. He's also host of the Pond Digger podcast, which I absolutely love. I'm an avid listener. And the Pond Digger, he actually sells pond supplies, the Helix Life Support Pond Filtration System. And of course, the Pond Digger, you've probably seen him. He has a huge social media uh, following on the Instagram, Snapchat, YouTube, 124,000 subscribers recently got his silver play button. Eric, what is up, my friend? What's up, Paul? I'm super excited. Is it, is it normal for uh, me to be a little bit nervous right now? Hey, I'm honored that you're a little nervous. I have been pumped up to interview you for a while because, Eric, you are a dear friend to me, a mentor to me, and you just have so much knowledge. So looking forward to getting to hear from you today. And I'm curious, how did you develop such a passion for ponds? I don't know, man. I think it's in my DNA. I, I look back uh, to the fact when uh, I was just a little boy and, and my mom just threw an aquarium in my room and threw some newts in there. I don't know, at some point probably had some little, you know, fiddler crabs and things like that. I remember spending a lot of time uh, at the park in Long Beach, uh, like playing around in the ponds at the park when I was just a little dude, you know, like five years old, like playing in the ponds out there. So I, I think it came at a really early age. Wow. So tell us, I know you got a lot going on with your supplies and your actual construction company, but for somebody who doesn't know who the pond digger is, give us a little insight into your business. Well, it's, it's tricky because um, in 2008, I went super diverse and super, and you know, I my I went multi-pronged in 2008 because it, in, in that time frame, it was like, you know, sink or swim or go back and work for someone else. You know, it's like before 2008, 2003, everyone could, you know, have a wheelbarrow and a shovel and, and you know, make a lot of money. Uh, in 2008, I went into more like in ponds, that is. I mean, I'm, I'm dedicated to ponds. That's what I do. I mean, everything's about ponds to me. And so on aquatics and, and that aquatic ecosystem and lifestyle and so it's like in 2008 i just went super diverse from service installation to you know uh, simple maintenance work orders manufacturing like um, wholesale whatever i could do to just you know stay afloat in the business and luckily i i weathered the storm in 2008 so it's like it's just really in my blood to just be in into ponds and and uh the pond digger is my construction company exotic waterscapes is like my wholesale division where we support contractors and, you know, we support homeowners and do-it-yourself people. And uh, Helix Life Support is now our newest branch of business where we physically, you know, build filtration systems for people to, to use on their pond construction. So if you could give us a percentage, how does the business break down? How much of it is actually on the construction? How much of it is it on the supplies? If you could give a percentage to each part of your business. It's it's probably 50-50. And it, it's because, you know, I, I, I kind of push myself 50 from one side to the other. You know, it's like, it's really about energy. You know, I'm like, uh, I'm, I'm not like a, a serious entrepreneur businessman. I mean, I guess I am because I've been self-employed for so long, but I'm not, it's not all about the money for me. It's about what, what the drive and the passion where I want to be. And I, I, I feel like I throw 50% of my business, um, 
mindset and energy towards one side and then and then I'll flip back to the other and work with my crew for construction and so you know uh in number wise they're probably around they're probably around the same now what if that makes sense oh uh, yeah ab- absolutely now how has social media i know i i ran into you on social media and you you have such a large following but how did that develop and then how has that affected your business i mean let's face it i mean if you're not if you're not engaged uh, on social media at some level, engaging with people uh, and or working to be an influencer at some level, you know, I mean, um, becoming a becoming a, a brand ambassador or a, an influence marketer. I mean, that's that's a whole different sector. But, you know, I mean, I, I like to think that I'm a media company in my own where I I produce my own content for my own stuff. And, you know, I, I kind of fell into it with dumb luck. A, a dear friend of mine, uh, my my partner on YouTube who um, who forced me to do YouTube videos. He really helped me become that mindset to, to be on the internet. And without that initial push from my buddy, you know, I could be like everyone else, just trying to find my way or doing pay-per-click ads and paying Google to, to put me in front of people. But instead, I'm just in front of people because of my mindset and my production value for filming and for storytelling and or photo, 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 uh, photography and so forth. So, you know, it's um, social media. Without it, you just got to pay up, you know. You're an incredible storyteller. I love your Instagram stories and Snapchat stories. So what year was this that your buddy said, hey, make these videos? 2008. Oh, wow. 2008. It's a funny story. I mean, if anyone's ever followed me, they, they might have heard it on um, some other of my storytelling or, or social media sharing. But like literally my, my buddy, he's uh, a German guy. He's like six foot four, 290, this huge bald headed German dude. And, and in 2008, he's like, Eric, I should film you build pond on and I should be put on YouTube. And I was like, no, dude, no, bro. I don't have time for this. He's like, Eric, I should film you talk about pond or I crush you. And I was like, okay, okay, let's shoot some film, you know? <laughs> and it just kind of evolved from there. I mean, it's a, it's a true story. You know, I've said it before on, on some other um, podcasts and stuff, but I mean, it's really the truth. My friend forced me into it, and I, I couldn't be more thankful from it. My my buddy Dietmar Kristoff. Wow, that is so cool. So now, is this all spontaneous, or do you actually have a plan? Okay, here's how I'm going to make my Instagram story tomorrow. Here's when I'm going to edit this YouTube video. How do you plan this media company that you've stumbled into owning and operating? YouTube is uh, incredibly strategic and very well planned. You know, and and I'd rather not put out content. Um, you know, if you watch if our stat, our statistics on YouTube, you see these a huge spike of like massive content input, and then like a drop for like 18 months at a time, and then this massive spike going up. And it's it's really about timing between my partner and I on YouTube. Um, so YouTube's incredibly strategic. Instagram and Snapchat storytelling, uh, it's incredibly spontaneous. So it's like, um, you know, each platform requires different uh, thought process, you know? So, um, you know, Instagram storytelling, it's a daily thing for me where, you know, just what's going on for the day. And I, I have to try and calculate what I'm doing for the day for storytelling, right? If I'm sitting behind a desk, pushing a pencil, drawing a pond, you know, there's only like, you know, 30 seconds of like that final completing of the drawing where it's coming together i might show a couple of clips and it's kind of cool and exciting and interesting you know i just i want my storytelling to be incredibly interactive and and visual and you know content related so people learn you know i don't want to waste people's time totally well you i think you do an incredible job uh storytelling well if you you might have eric you might have several stories here and we'd love to hear them all but what has been your biggest mistake 
in business, and what did you learn from that mistake? Uh, that, this is a crazy one, Paul. I got to tell you, you know, like, I was, I'm, I'm frankly annoyed you're going to ask me this question. I'm just going to tell you right now. I knew you were going to ask me this question, and because um, I've listened to a lot of your other podcasts, and congratulations on your podcast. I, I'm, I'm really honored to be here. It's exciting. Um, I thought a lot about this, and I had all these different things I was going to say, and literally, like, when I pushed the button to call you, it dawned on me what, like, the real mistake, like, the biggest mistake I ever did, because I've made a lot of mistakes in my career, and I believe that, you know, the mistakes are stepping stones to success. I really believe that, um, but my hands-down biggest mistake ever was going into a partnership with someone who happened to be my best friend, but going into a partnership with, like, without being clearly defined and, um, I mean, partnerships can be incredibly tough, and I, I do think it was probably one of the most challenging parts of my um, entrepreneurial-style business you know, ventures was being in a partnership. It was incredibly tough. So what year – I love Dave Ramsey. He says the, the only ship that doesn't sail is a partnership because <laughs> he's totally against <laughs> that. So go a little I, – I don't want to – if you don't want to expose your uh, – early beginnings but what exactly how did this happen where you got into this partnership and there was a lack of clarity you know it was it was really really early on in my career um you know and i i've been i've been afraid of partnerships ever since but you know it's it was i was naive i was young i didn't even know how to run a business at the time um it was probably uh i would say 92 ish 1990 93 i mean it was pretty early um i was just a kid you know i was in like early 20s and i was just like you know i was passionate about fish you know it wasn't wasn't pond fish or koi fish at the time but it was tropical fish and and you know my buddy was totally into it as well and we just that's all we wanted to talk about and this is pre-internet days you know that this is pre you know iphone pre-instagram i mean the internet didn't even exist so it's like you know like when when you find someone who's passionate about something as much as you are and i don't know how i was um, intuitive enough to follow my dreams because I was making great money as a carpenter at the time, but I don't know how I, you know, threw everything, you know, to the table to go into to fish, to like go into aquatics to make my money. So it was just, um, this tricky. He happened to be my best friend. It's funny because I talked about, uh, I've talked about this in depth on, on one of my podcasts on the Pondigger podcast, where I talked about how pessimism, um, how pessimism helped me grow my business. And, and I, I go in super deep on the relationship of, partnership with him and and how it molded me you know to be a better businessman it's kind of crazy i definitely appreciate you sharing that and that leads me into the next question eric what would you and and you you look absolutely great for your age i can't believe do you mind saying how old you are yeah i'm not i'm not a woman bro come on (laughs) contractor i'm 50 i'm proud of it it is incredible (laughs) what would you say to the 20 year old eric triplett what you've learned over these last three decades, what would you, if you go back and, and sit down with 20-year-old Eric, rock star, gonna, Mr. Triplett, what would you tell him? You're going to be surprised, bro. I, I would I would have told myself, that hot girl that runs the pet shop, she's the one. <laughs> she's the one. I. Uh, it's interesting because I married this hot girl from a pet shop, but I didn't realize it when I was in my early 20s. And it took me a while to find her. I mean, I probably lost a decade and um, probably one of the best, you know, I know you have a lot of young entrepreneurs to listen to your show and I, and I'm, I'm excited to talk to them. And I think it's so smart that they listen to you. Number one, number two. Um, and I, I really can tell you beyond the shadow of a doubt behind every successful businessman is an amazing woman. And I'm, I tell you right now, my success is built on the fact that my wife is a, a rock. 
she is so solid. Can you go into a little bit of detail of how she influ- you know, impacts your business and how she is that rock? Um, you know, it's, it's a 20-year saga. We've been married for 20 years. So in a nutshell, you know, she supports my every move. She laughs with me. She cries with me. She roots for me. Um, she's, I mean, she's an integral part of my business. I mean, she was running a pet store. Remember, I was in aquatics, mm-hmm. and she was running a pet store, and she ran the fish department. So we had a lot of the same passions and the same uh, interests. And so, um, you know, it, it, it's just been a natural progression, our, you know, our entire relationship, our entire love life. You know, I mean, it's not a relationship because you and I have relationships. Like I have this deep, passionate love for her. And it's like every, you know, we just grow and grow together. And I think I think that, um, you know, having that that foundational person in your life that supports you at every move is so key and so critical. And I, I would say I would encourage that, you know, everyone um, it's you know, it's fun fun watching Caleb Amon and his wife. Mm. I was watching Instagram stories today and she's in the field with him. She's out there, you know, uh, she's finishing concrete. And I was like, dude, I love this, you know? And it's, it's like, I, I really believe it takes that kind of, um, that kind of bond with your partner and like, you're unstoppable, man. You're, you become superhuman. Oh, that is that is incredible. I know there's a lot of young folks that listen to this. I'm talking 13, 14 year olds to you know young 20s. I think that's powerful advice. And I want to ask you a question. It might be a curveball here, Eric, but it's something that I'm really I, when I complimented you on being 50, it's a very genuine comment because it's, I watch your Instagram story, your Snapchat story, your YouTube videos, your podcast. You are just you have so much passion. You have so much enthusiasm. You have so much energy. And we've talked on Snapchat before. Your famous line is, you are what you eat. You are what you eat. And so how have you at age 50 have so much energy? Can you tell us a little bit about your diet and, and that philosophy you have that you are what you eat? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, I mean, um, I, I do I do believe in eating healthy. I mean, um, mo- most of my, most of my um, audience know that I got cancer in 2015 and I fought cancer. And uh, at that point, you know, I was in my late 40s. Um, and, you know, d- d- food and diet is really important. And, you know, through my whole relationship with my wife, you know, we got fat together, we got skinny together, we got healthy together, we got, you know, lax together. I mean, you go through these ups and downs, you know, like, it's funny to watch young people that are all healthy and lean, and then they get married, and they get fat and <laughs> complacent, you know what I mean? It happens to the best of us, you know, but it's like, you know, um, if, if we weren't you know, constantly um, aware of what we do. And, and health has so much to do with, with what you eat, you know. And so it's like when I got cancer in 2015, you know, it's a game changer. You look at diet and food and medicine and all this stuff. And I, and I believe that, you know, I believe that society as a whole is uh, actively unhealthy because of our diet, you know. So, you know, we eat all organic uh, we eat, um, you know, healthy foods. We eat all, you know, we, we live on a ranch, so we have all organic eggs and we have hydroponics. I mean, I'm sorry, we have aquaponics. So we grow our own vegetables whenever we can. And, um, you know, it's just like, I, I do think it's very important to watch uh, what you eat. And I think that's that's a key factor, but I do still drink beer. <laughs> well, I want, I want you to get into the meat and potatoes here. We got our audience here at the Green Industry Podcast is a lot of landscape owners, a lot of lawn care professionals. And one of the number one questions I get, Eric, is how do you do your pricing? What do you charge? And you're, you're the one that's introduced to me the draw system. And so if it's okay, if you feel comfortable talking about finances, I want to kind of pick your brain about how you price your jobs and how you charge uh, what you charge. Are you cool with that? Yeah, okay. yeah I'm cool with anything. Totally. Uh, listen, um, you do have to know your numbers. And, and I, 
I'm not perfect with numbers, you know, because I, I get so passionate. I, I feel like Adam Sandler sometimes, you know, that movie when, you know, he's um, giving the piano lessons and she pays him with the meatballs in her hand. You know, that yeah. I don't know which Adam Sandler movie that was. It's like sometimes I'll be working for an old lady. And like, I feel like I'm losing money because I spend too much time trying to make everything like fun and perfect and beautiful and give her more than she wants. So like sometimes I fail on numbers, but I do know my numbers. Um, I know them well. Uh, our, our construction company, for example, you know, costs about 300 grand a year just to turn the lights on, you know, for, for the year. Like, so if you do the math, I mean, that's, I think there's about 254 days uh, of work that you can work through the season. If you exclude Saturdays, Saturdays, like my backup, and I do work Saturdays and sometimes Sundays, but, you know, Monday through Friday, you know, 52 weeks, 365 days a year is about 250 days or 254 of actual work days, including holidays. And so, you know, you, you divide that into the 300 grand and you realize when you wake up in the morning, you need 1200 in profit just to turn the lights on. Wow. So think about that, you know, so it's like when you go to do that, you know, you have to start, you start to have to figure out what it's going to cost to do your project. So, you know, when I do a project, you know, I figure out how many men we have, um, you know, in, in, in both of my companies, we have a staff of about 11 and seasonally, you know, it might get up to 12 or 15, depending on things. But, you know, I got 11 families that are um, that are relying on the, on me to, you know, produce. And so that's why I'm still feverishly, you know, um, consistent on putting out content and stories and staying out in, in front of people. And that's why you'll catch me working at nine o'clock at night on, you know, my storyline, doing a drawing or up early on a Sunday morning to go see someone because, you know, every morning I'm 1200 in the hole. And so when you understand that number, which is really critical, then when you're estimating your projects, you know what you got to do. So like, I know I got to produce 12 to 15 grand in profit every single week just to keep the lights on, you know? So you know, those numbers just, you know, you just have to think about them constantly. And, um, you know, there's a real balance here, Paul, because um, I don't like to wake up and just think about, I got to make money today. I got to make money today. And I, I know cash is oxygen and you need it. But, you know, I, like Gary Vaynerchuk would say, I, I do a lot of clouds and dirt where I do spend a lot of time in my DMs. I spend a lot of time um, answering emails and text messages and, and try and help that do it yourself or in in Malaysia that I'll never make a penny on, but like I'm helping someone in Malaysia build their pond. And that, that's important to me. Like that's, that's freaking cool. That you know, is that's, awesome. That's like legacy stuff to me. But you know, when it comes down to it and I bid out the project, you know, I bid out a project the other day with this little simple project. I told him it was gonna be like 7,500 bucks. And he's like, that's a little steep to me, man. And you know, can you, what if I throw in some cash? Can you do it for five? And I'm like, no, you know, I can't do it for five. I mean, I, I need 1200 profit a day. I'll go somewhere else and, and make that money, you know? So it's, it's really critical to know that. And you have to understand, you know, if I make 2,400 bucks at 50% gross margin, I got 1200 profit. But if I make, you know, 2,400 and I only make 30% gross margin, I didn't make enough money today. So mm. you just have to really be on top of those things. And it, it takes time. And some of those math problems aren't that fun, but it is really important to know. Totally. And I want to pick your brain a little bit more about this draw system because you introduced it to me. When did you implement that into your business? And can you tell the, someone who's in their first, second year of business who's listening, they're, they're like, oh, I, I got a $5,000 job coming up, but how should I collect the money? What, what have you found to be the best way to uh, do your draws? I think this is a great question. Um, and, you know, because the na nationally, I know you're, you're, you're talking to people nationally, you're talking to people all across the world, but in, in the United States, 
You know, I know contractors across the states from, you know, Illinois to Florida, Texas, you know, Louisiana, Georgia, of course, you know, um, there's a lot of states that uh, they don't have uh, very many regulations. So a lot of people go in and they ask for 50 percent and then they get 50 percent when they're done or they, you know, there's there's no regulations in California. It's, you know, extremely rigid and it's a very litigious state. So um, we I can do a hundred thousand dollar project. And when I sign the contract, I can only collect a thousand dollars. Wow. That's, that's all I can collect at the signing of the deal. So the way they've done it in California is like, you know, a typical project might be like a $30,000 water feature, let's say, right? At the time of signing the contract, I collect a thousand dollars to secure a construction date to, con- to, to uh, secure a spot on our calendar, right? Okay. We're going to see you on whatever date, March 20th or whatever. We're going to start our project. And then on that 20th, we're allowed to collect money, right? And it's, it's, a little, it's a little tricky because, you know, I can't collect 50% on day one unless I'm getting 50% of the project completed. Mm. So you can dissect that however you want. And um, I just, you know, I've been very vocal with a lot of my buddies, my contractor buddies across the states. And I, I feel like since it's unregulated or, un, you know, unstructured in a lot of these other states, like, you know, when I talk to Caleb Allman in, in Ohio and, and in Georgia and whatever, like, I feel since it's unstructured and unregulated, they don't know how to collect. But since we've been put in that position here in California, it's like, I did this much work, I want money. I did this much work, I want to get paid. And you only you only leave the amount of money at the very end of the job, you know, like 20% or 10% or 15%. So it's always been a draw system for us here in California. That's that's terrific uh, knowledge. Well, Eric, what excites you the most about the future? Um, you know what? It's a, it's a good question because I, I watch who you're talking to. I watch your industry. I watch people you're interviewing. And you're interviewing a lot of people at a lot of different ages. And I hate to get kind of grim on this on you here, uh, because, but it, it's something that I think that the audience should think about. Number one, I'm 50, right? I'm halfway to heaven. Think about that, okay? Um I fought cancer three years ago. And so what excites me the most is leaving a legacy, leaving something behind that people realize, you know, I I made a difference. I taught people, you know, I I built some beautiful water features and along the way I helped people build it themselves. And I want to come home and ride a horse with my wife, my rock, you know, I want to go for a horseback ride. I almost get choked up telling you this, but I think that um, you got to focus on, Ultimately, what makes you happy, you got to keep those numbers tight. And, um, you know, it, it excites me to leave that legacy behind and, and, and still create time to do something that my wife loves as well, you know? Wow. Well, that's that's inspiring, Eric. I really appreciate you sharing that. Well, that's the fastest 27 minutes of my life, man. I just I feel like you just said hello, and here we are <laughs> <laughs> wrapping up this uh, podcast. So. Eric's all over the place. His YouTube channels, The Pond Digger. You're on Instagram. You're on Snapchat, thepondigger.com. Where, where's the best? What's the best way for people connect to connect to you? Uh, I'm at, at the moment. I'm um, I'm really putting a lot of energy into Instagram. So I mean, uh, I, I spend a lot of my time there during the day. I'll do a little bit of dabbling in Snapchat, and I, I do still answer a lot of questions on YouTube and. I'm not great at email. Like today, as we speak, the very moment, if they listen to this podcast and want to talk to me tomorrow, hit me up in a DM on Instagram. That's the best way to catch me right now. And your your username's Pond Digger on Instagram. The Pond Digger. The Pond Digger. 
Yeah, or you can just come straight to Cherry Valley and come horseback riding with me one afternoon. That's uh, another way you can get a hold of me. Well, Naylor's been telling me how much fun he had out there at the ranch, and he's he's about ready to drop your episode, huh? I wish he would do it, man. I'm getting crazy over here. Yeah, so our friend Naylor Taliaferro has his Get to Know the Pro series, and he's, t- he's told me this off air, and uh, some guys we chat with, and he says that this is by far his favorite uh, experience. He, he got to interview almost 30 folks. He'd fly out to their city. And uh, interview him, and his favorite one was you, Eric, getting to go to Los Angeles to your ranch. That was that and, was really humbling, man. I heard him say that. That really was humbling to me. I felt like I I could have taken him to so many more places and maybe even given him more hospitality. I mean, we had a good time, but I feel like I shortchanged him. And for him to say that is really humbling. I, I'm I'm really honored by that. Yeah, well, I'm looking forward to watching the behind the scenes there as he uh, puts out that YouTube video pretty soon. And Eric, like I said earlier in the show, you, you've been a mentor to me. This legacy that you were sharing that hopefully these teenagers and young folks that listen to the show understand, you've touched me by that legacy. I mean, there's been countless minutes, hours that Eric has taken the time on Snapchat back in the day to walk me through young business mistakes and navigating situations and I'm forever indebted to you and I just appreciate you taking the time to share your wealth of knowledge with me off air and just sowing into my life and I have to definitely credit some of the success and profits and uh, ways that I've been in my businesses because you took the time to sow into my life and you can't put a number on that you can't you can't really measure it but you've influenced my life in a positive way and I'm, I'm thankful for that and I'm thankful that you took the time to be on the show today thank you so much I appreciate that it means a lot it really really does that, that's, the, that's the kind of feedback that makes me want to push even harder and I hope everyone shoots me up a DM and if you need help in your business I'll be there for you I promise you got it well follow him on Instagram The Pond Digger thank you for your time Eric have a great night At Granger, we're for the ones who specialize in saving the day and for the ones who've mastered the art of keeping business moving. We offer industrial-grade supplies for every industry with same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders, all backed by real people ready to help. So you can get the right answers and products right when you need them. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.